0: You ought to know this. Maybe I should have told you before. What? Told me what? Bray and Ebony had a thing once. I'm sorry. I honestly didn't know what to do for the best.
1: So welcome to episode 49 of Conversational Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining me on the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Sabine. Hi. And Carlin. Hello. With episode notes done by Matt and myself. So episode 49, the screenplay was done by Charles Hodges. It was directed by Costa Boats And its synopsis will be read out by Carlin.
0: Dale and Ryan have figured out the perfect way to do a reconnaissance of the Locos by attaching a small camera to the remote helicopter. But Amber might not like what she sees when Ebony attempts to seduce Bray. Lex returns to the mall, but he doesn't find himself greeted very warmly by his wife.
1: This episode kicks off with a dramatic scene of Lex running from a mysterious tribe who are attempting to chase him down. He manages to hide, but unfortunately, someone else infected by the virus doesn't make it, and Lex was not able to give her any aid. Um, yeah, panelist, just to start things off, what do you think of this opening scene for the episode?
2: Well, if you had forgotten at all what the situation is, <laughs> it's a boot to the face, like, oh, by the way... Mm-hmm. This is what's going on in the city It's like the quickest recap Of Lex's situation And it just it nixes anything that's not important Like mm-hmm. See these people You see how they look all old and decrepit and stuff People are killing them This is a bad thing like, It's so <laughs> efficient <laughs> Storytelling
3: Like in case you forgot <laughs> This is what's going on
0: yeah, what a what a scary <laughs> scary time to be walking out into the to the city and each sector.
3: Can you imagine though being one of those that is infected?
2: Terrifying. Absolutely
3: terrifying.
0: Yeah. yeah. There's nowhere you can hide per se. No one's gonna let you take shelter with them unless they have the virus as well. And then kinda There's no safety in
3: numbers with this.
0: Yeah, yeah, not at all. And it honestly now I'm thinking about it, it would have been pretty cool to see if there was like, <laughs> like a, a tribe of their own of just infected, infected kids. And they kind of look out for each other and, you know, make the best with what they have.
2: Lex says, I've I've got nowhere to be and no time to get there. Mm-hmm. You know, these kids at this point, you must be thinking, there's no way I'm going to survive what I've got. So I'm dying and I don't even have anywhere I can go to die in peace. You know, I have to spend the last of my life just running so that I don't get taken out violently, you know.
3: Yeah, I wonder how many of them were actually hoping that they would die of the virus before getting killed because of it.
2: Yeah, like, I just want to find an old barn to curl up in. I already feel crappy. It's like, I've got the flu and I just want to lay down and no, someone wants to murder me.
0: Yeah, and this scene also just kind of clarifies how much fear... is happening in a city with not just the infected people being murdered but the reason why people are murdering them is because they hear what they don't understand and they clearly don't understand this virus and how it's they thought it was only adults who can get it but now it's the younger kids and teenagers kind of i don't know it's very universal in a sense because this is a running theme for the entire show of people not understanding a certain situation that's happening around them and their community, and then fearing it, and then uh, reacting to it very uh, abruptly,
3: which is basically what humanity does whenever they don't understand something.
0: Yeah.
1: What did you think of the sudden um, new tribe that was introduced with these flight jumpsuits?
2: Was it a new tribe?
1: Yeah, we hadn't seen them before. They were in like um, like flight jackets and. Mm-hmm. Helmets.
2: Yeah, I always wondered
3: about them, but yeah, like I guess they're just one of those tribes we never hear about
2: Yeah, I didn't even think like, oh, have we seen these guys before? They were just very, I, I don't know, they were background dressing like <laughs> Yeah, it didn't stand out to me as these were somebody new or anybody I <laughs> Actually, I thought they were locos I <laughs> is some random street
1: thugs. When I first watched it, and I was writing the notes, I was like, "Oh yeah, the locos were chasing next." But I was like, "Wait, hold on a second, they weren't actually locos." So I looked mm-hmm. back and I'm like, "Oh, so why were they kind of introduced? Because you could have just use locos? So it's a bit weird, yeah." <laughs> I am
3: not sure. This is what the wardrobe department had to work with this day.
2: Yeah, <laughs> like you know, I'm feeling ethny, Aerial. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm thinking that these guys are. You know, some some you know customer just came up with their own backstory this one scene
0: (laughs) Mm, yeah very interesting yeah when i first saw it i thought it was locos too but now that you mentioned the the jumpsuits i don't know now i'm just getting like a whole bunch of theories (laughs) in my head i wonder if they're like a tribe that was founded and started just from the fact that hey the virus is coming back and it's affecting kids we have to eradicate it the best way we know possible (laughs) And they're just on this, you know, crusade, this holy crusade of trying to purify the streets. Oh, man. This is so (laughs) dark. (laughs) Holy crap. Maybe maybe this is where they got that idea from, you know, how the Chosen would operate.
2: Just little plague doctors. here to (laughs) clean up this city. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah,
0: that wouldn't be bad, though. Mm -hmm. A bad idea.
2: I just assumed they were like, oh, we need a jumpsuit for this character to w- wear that Lex can also. Um, Caleb, come try on this jumpsuit. Does this work? This works. We got three of them. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is nice because it, it just helps to show a bigger world going on. Um, but yeah.
2: <laughs> I like the plague doctor idea. I like it a lot.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. No one holds it against Lex that he didn't step in to help, do they? Oh, no, Absolutely not. Mm. For once, no. What was he supposed to do?
2: I'll die with you. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not like it's Titanic. It's not like he knows the girl. There's nothing he can do. You know, um, I, 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 I didn't even cross my mind that he should have done something in that. Like, no. That, what, 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 what? What's he supposed to do? It's not like there's enough room, time for this person to hide with him. And then they'll both be safe The only thing that would do is get them both killed Even that person recognized that And that's why they just kept mm-hmm. running You know I, It's not like that person stopped to go back And help the other person who got caught they all, They're all on their own and they, There's this understanding of that You know no, I didn't mm-hmm. for a second think that Lex should have done something
3: There was nothing he could do Even if it had been someone That he knew There wasn't anything he could have done except maybe get himself killed first
1: yeah very true i agree oh okay sorry i've been putting this off okay back at the mall amber has been overly optimistic about the groups especially jack's ability to reproduce the antidote from the hope island files and she comes up with a convoluted plan to break bray out of captivity and oh yeah <laughs> what do you make of amber's coping strategy And do you think this is just more evidence that Amber in love impedes her sensibilities a little too much?
2: This girl. (laughs) Craig, you're going to have to deal with it. We cannot avoid talking about her this episode. (laughs) Oh boy, honey. I was watching her and... All I kept thinking, if this was my child, we need to sit down, we need to have a conversation. I am concerned for your mental well-being, baby. You cannot get this lost in another person. <laughs> <laughs> if anything ever made um, Amber feel like a typical middle schooler, this behavior, this melodramatic over the top, my life is over. If I get up, i this person. I was like eighth grade all over again. <laughs> Woo this girl! This girl, I just couldn't with her. Was... <laughs> Bless everybody's heart for putting up with her. That's all I, can say.
1: I will say one thing at least she's not like on the floor crying. She's like, Okay, there, yeah, let's break in, overpower the locos, and get break out. <laughs>
2: She's still as proactive as ever <laughs>
3: I, I like this version of Ember better than whiny mopey Amber. Yes, I agree,
2: I agree You know what I think it is, it's Sasha was the first time she'd felt this And so she felt helpless, you know, from mm-hmm. the devastating, this feeling It just encompassed her But she survived it and she moved on This time she's refusing to let that take over and so she's just got this manic energy of got to do something, you know, and because otherwise she would crawl into her room and hide under the bed and, mm-hmm. you know, not talk to anybody for like two weeks. Yeah, I understand where he's coming from, though.
3: You know, it's as he wants so badly to get him back. He was the last thing he was holding on to. And then suddenly he's gone as well
0: with with amber being super emotional i just think that this is a perfect job for dr dale for (laughs) him to come in with his pills and his candy bars give amber a little something without her knowing and she'll be asleep for the next probably two days (laughs) (laughs) the whole thing will blow over (laughs) No, no 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 no
2: Carlin I'm becoming a little concerned About this pattern of drugging people You've got going <laughs> on It's not
0: me it's Dale And clearly <laughs> it works Look, Trudy again is the same one Throughout this Bray has gone and Trudy is not even complaining About it <laughs> I a, think says, you, you say it's Dale.
2: I think you're projecting <laughs> mm-hmm. think. He's like oh yeah Dale's just drugging everybody <laughs> I think he is And he's not if
3: anyone would be drugging people, it would be Tyson.
0: It would be Casey. Yeah,
3: fair
0: enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Amber is completely. I'm um, I can understand how she feels, um, especially with her being so young and kind of having a taste of love with Sasha. And then now she feels like she can finally have true love with Bray and, and just having that just taken away from you. I understand why she's being irrational and being very impulsive, but uh, I think someone just needs to really just calm her down. Tell her to just go sit down and go read a book or something and, or maybe do some pushups, you know, anything, <laughs> anything that would, that would help her just calm down.
2: I, I can't, I'm not judging her. I can't, you know what I mean? Because I have acted this way when I was this age. It's rare. It's it's weird, I think. It, I think that's what makes it hard, is that we're not used to seeing Amber behave like a melodramatic adolescent. We're not used to it. She doesn't usually do that. Um, so it's like, what is this? Why is she acting like this? But it's like, I, I've been here. I have acted like this, where it really does feel like the world, the ground is falling out underneath your feet, and you've got to fix this. You've got to have this. And it's, you know, I, I do think the way they play it in this episode is with this touch of self-awareness like there's just a touch of understanding that okay she's over the top she's like almost comically ridiculous but she is our friend and we help you know um so I don't feel like the narrative is villainizing her for behaving this way and I can't judge her even though I'm just like I I find it funny I know it's not (laughs) but you know I (laughs) <laughs> well, I can't judge Amber. She's living in the end of the world, and she has no idea what's happened to her boyfriend, Who's he was legit just kidnapped. So,
3: yeah, I, by a
2: woman she knows trades in slaves. Yup So uh, she's allowed to be a little dramatic here. It just—it's hard to take serious when you're forty-one. <laughs> you're just like, oh, honey, <laughs> calm down, <laughs> calm down.
3: Yeah, but if, if you look at the other characters and their ages and the things they've done.
2: That's why I said I had to be fair. She's not, you know, she's just reminding us that she's the same age as everybody else.
3: Yeah. She's not their mother.
2: This is, is, yeah, this is a pretty messed up situation. We, the thing is, we know he's okay. That's what uh, I think hurts it. We get to see him. We know he's fine. So Amber's, you know, her behavior seems over the top. Because we're like, Amber, chill. He's okay. You know, Ebony's not doing anything to him. But, If we didn't know what was going on with him, her behavior would seem a little bit more justified. Because we are like, yeah, what is going on with him? What is Ebony doing to him? We got to get him back. We got to find out, you know?
3: I like how everyone just goes along with it, though. You know, in their own ways, they find a way
2: to make it work. Yeah, the script really does the Mallrats justice in this episode. And I couldn't help but notice that with our three leaders basically out of commission, Mm -hmm. we whoever had the script decided to actually do something with the other characters and show what they're capable of, which was very nice to see. Um, instead of them just all kind of like, well, what do we do? Cause you know, Bray and Lex aren't here and Amber's and like, you get to see like, you know, other people step up to the front and show they actually have a capability of taking care of things and running things and making the practical decisions, which we don't get a lot of usually.
1: Yeah. A side issue with this I want to talk about, like. The pressures on Jack, do you, do you think it's completely fair how much pressure is being put onto Jack and how no one else seems to be helping him?
2: It isn't fair. Um, I understand how it happens, but no, it's not fair. Uh, exactly what You're expecting this kid to basically run a miracle. Um, what do you think he's going to find? But that's what hope does when you're this desperate. Mm-hmm. So I do think that's an accurate portrayal of you know the way hope can almost become toxic and uh i get why jack is the one that they're pushing this onto because it's like if anyone could get through these files it's him but yeah i agree it's it's an unfair amount of pressure to put on this kid and yet i do get why there isn't anyone helping him because nobody else has his skill set what are they gonna do sit there In the room with him. I mean, granted, if that was the kind of support Jack wanted, I'm sure someone like Dal would just sit in the room with him, talk to him. You know, Dal makes a point always when Jack is on a project to keep coming in and checking Mm -hmm. on Jack, bringing Jack down when he needs to, making Jack sleep if he needs to. That is how he's supporting him. But Jack isn't going to want someone in there over his shoulder making suggestions, you know. So I get it. I guess it just makes sense for his personality. You know, and the others, like their skill set, that it's kind of on him. I'm not saying it's fair, but I can see how it, this happened.
1: Mm. I, th- I think it was just like the conversation between Amber and Jack. Was it? No? Yeah. When he uh, mentions all the um, the um diaries that were on disc. Like anyone else could have like found another PC and gone through it. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it's a bit of help. It's a bit of support, I think. True.
2: He is looking at a lot of mundane stuff and he's really just looking for... Anything, like mention of Hope Island or, yeah. you know, just anything useful. I agree. There is, you know, something other people could do, but.
3: I mean, come on, Celine could have helped read files. At least he can read.
2: But if everything is on disk and this is their only computer. Mm-hmm. And I'm Jack won't it. let anyone
3: else touch that.
2: I think Dal's the only one he would allow to. Mm-hmm. Because I get that, like if you are, you have that analytical of a mind, and I will say that for Jack, he is really good at that stuff. Um, Sometimes he misses the forest for the trees, but he will he does pick up on stuff that other people don't. And if you, you feel like this is on you, you're the only one who can do this. It's really hard to say, okay, I'm going to take a nap. You keep reading through these files and wake up and feel like I trust that they went through the files thoroughly. You Know what I mean? You're going to still feel like I need to go through those files just in yeah, case, yeah, he's going to redo it, right? You know, so I, I think this is a product of you know Jack's personality and the others understanding that, you know, like he doesn't want that kind of help. There isn't anything they can really do to assist Jack that would be productive for Jack, he doesn't really want that kind of help.
1: Mm, true, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Because, look in the, you know, this is something they had to learn over time. People have tried to help Jack in the earlier days. And <laughs> Jack would be like, <laughs> I'm trying to work. <laughs> cool. yeah.
0: yeah, I think, I think as, a, as a leader, a tribe leader, especially for Amber, I think she should have um, definitely set some rules out to help Jack. You know, I think if they all would have had, like, shifts. To like read those documents that would have helped Jack a lot so he can definitely get some proper sleep Because we all know if you don't if you don't get enough sleep and then you just try to read something You're you're gonna end up just reading the same lines over and over again Um, so I think that would have been helpful. I think I don't know. I thought it would have been really cool to see like a A tizan and jack kind of Pairing Yeah, but he doesn't believe in
3: science anyway
0: I know she doesn't believe in science, you know, she says that, but then yet yeah, she's like a herbologist and, a mm-hmm. <laughs> like a chemist. <laughs> so that would have been like an interesting duo to see and maybe kind of, you know, I don't, I don't think she's atheist, but like an atheist versus, a, <laughs> <I> don't know, <laughs> but I just thought it would have been like a really cool, cool thing to, to see. But, um, yeah, everyone else needs to really help Jack out here. Um.
3: And at least Celine's trying with bringing him food. He's at least keeping him fed. Yeah. Him yeah. In a way
2: that Jack will accept. Yeah. That's what's important I- to understand. I mean, you know, Amber could have said, you guys, Jack, this is what we're going to do to help you. Would Jack have accepted that help? No. You know what I mean? So, what good would it have been to say, Jack, you need to sleep. And while you're sleeping, we'll have someone else go through the files. Jack would never sit with that. He'd be like, I still need to go through those files because I don't trust anyone to be as thorough as me. Mm -hmm. So that would actually help him, you know. Um, I think they're being as helpful as they can be given Jack's personality and his work ethic. And like Sabine says, Celine's bringing him food, you know. Um, The others have learned to, if they're going to talk to Jack when he's working on a project, they, they keep their suggestions pretty low. They don't, you know, bombard Jack with what he should be doing. Um... This is just, they've learned to, they've learned each other by now, what kind of help Jack actually requires. So while it seems like it's not fair that Jack is doing all this himself, this is the way Jack likes to work.
0: So I see what you're saying. You know, Jack definitely has that kind of personality where it's his way or the highway. He doesn't want much help. Mm -hmm. But to be real, the things Jack has done in season one, uh, in terms of like, Creating and scientific things. These are basic things that I think anyone can do Especially if they just put their mind to it so I think Jack has I think this episode and, and previous episodes have shown that Jack kind of has this inferior Attitude for his people who, who he believes that are not on his intellectual level but honestly, I think anyone Especially this episode. I think anyone can do what Jack is doing because all he's doing is just searching for keywords And, <clears throat> and just reading long paragraphs and searching for, uh, you know Anything about the antidote.
2: There is an argument to be made that even something as simplistic as searching for keywords Isn't something everybody can do. Not everybody can concentrate very well. I mean, reading comprehension varies for people Uh mm-hmm. No, and it has nothing to do with intelligence. It's just the kind of way people absorb information differently. Me and a friend could read the same paragraph and I'm going to remember more words than she does just because of the way I tend to take in information, but she's going to remember details that didn't even I didn't take in at all because they weren't important to me. so an argument can be made that yeah, these may seem simplistic and anybody could do them, but there is something about Jack's analytic mind that makes it easier for him to pick up vital clues that went over other people's heads. And we also see how that gets in his way when other people come up with clues that Jack never even thought of. And um I think this episode does a great job. We've seen time and time again them showing the way people think. And just because mm-hmm. the task seems very simple that anyone should be able to do it, everybody approaches that task very differently and comes away with it from it with a different um outcome. So, yeah, anybody could read these files. That doesn't mean that they're actually going to process the information the same or get the same information from it.
3: I actually like that about specifically the scene between Jack and Celine because for once he isn't instantly um ignoring her advice or just, you know, putting it besides him when she says that maybe he could look uh, on what date the files were created. And it shows some something about the way Celine thinks about diaries that Jack hadn't even thought about at that point.
2: Exactly.
3: And I'm, yeah, I'm happy to see that Jack actually listens for once.
1: Well, I was going to say about that because it's, it's it's a lot of sarcasm from Jack.
3: Because mm-hmm. like,
1: when um, Casey prompted him to put please as the password, he sarcastically pulled it in. And I, I feel like it's kind of the same here with Celine. He was like, oh, okay, I'll just, I'll just have a look out of like kind of sarcastically. Mm-hmm. And he's actually like embracing their ideas. <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> it's more of a sarcastic like response. Probably. Hey,
3: <laughs> she had a point though, and it's a point he wouldn't have, he didn't think about.
1: Yeah, of course, yeah, he didn't. He's, he's, he's so wrapped up in his own way. Um, but yeah.
2: <laughs> Jack doesn't know how to work easier. He always works harder.
3: <laughs> Sometimes the simplest solution
2: is the better one. And Jack tends to ignore simple solutions because, you know, he denotes simple with unintelligent.
3: Mm-hmm. Even though, even they'll proved that the water filtration system.
2: Hmm.
3: He was thinking of all sorts of crazy, crazy difficult ways to do that, and here, here Dalp came with sand and gravel.
0: Yeah, this, this whole topic has me thinking of who is actually a better scientific mind for the tribe? Uh, Jack or, or Patch? Because at least Patch never, he never bat-talked anybody. He was never rude. He was always very kind and always, always worked hard.
3: Yeah, but those are completely different personalities, each with their own problems
0: True, and strengths. Yeah, but at least Patra's was
2: nice about it. <laughs> Jack does not have a good bedside manner. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't denote his. It doesn't have anything to do with his skill. No. So you throw him out to die like an animal?
0: What would you have done? Nursed him tenderly till he passed away in your arms? Yes. Get real, Bray. Dead meat is dead meat. Forget him. Life is for the living,
1: for me and you. Don't touch me.
0: You said you'd changed. You said you'd learned since Zoot. I have. Yeah.
1: You want to know something? Even worse than before. Face it. You'll never change, and you'll never, ever change me. While still unwilling to let Bray go, Ebony tells him privately that she has changed and wants another chance. But after he finds out that she's abandoned next to the streets, he tells her that she's worse than ever before and will never win him over. Yeah, yeah, panel. Why do you think that Ebony believes that she has a chance with Bray? She got him once.
2: She just thinks he can get him again.
1: But she's
0: Ebony, that's why. <laughs> I
2: don't, I don't want to, I, I Don't want to get into a huge speculation of how Ebony grew up, but this attitude she has really reminds me of Cher from Clueless. Cher, the character of Cher is used to being able to argue her way out of any problem she has. She has Mm -hmm. amazing confidence in it. She's not a mean person. She's not a bad person. She's not evil or anything like that, but yeah, you know, she has a, a a grade is not as good in school. It never occurs to her that that's the grade, it's in stone, that's what she earned. No, the way she sees it is, it's still on the negotiating table. She's gonna find a way to talk her teacher out of giving Mm -hmm. her, you know, into giving her a higher grade. It's just a matter of getting there. And when I see Ebony dealing with Bray, and the way Ebony sees lots of things, Ebony has not learned that, you know, being genuine, and just accepting that this is who you are and this is who this person is, and that's the best way to live your life. Ebony is still in a very childish, or it's not, can't even say childish. There's plenty of adults who think this way. This headspace of thinking, I want that, and I'll take, I just need to find the right way to get it. You know what I mean? That's all it is. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of finding the method to get him. When she first met Bray, she doesn't try to win him over with her personality. She doesn't even try to get to know him to decide if we they would be a good match. She just decides she wants this guy and immediately puts into play actions that will get him for her.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: it's, it's great for like a moment until Bray gets to know her and he's like, you're kind of broken. <laughs> <laughs> and she loses him, right? So he she, bitches she, him for Zoot. I know. What I'm saying is, yeah, it, she loses him. She can't keep up the facade. And here she is again looking at Bray and thinking, I want that again. And she instead she's not trying to connect to him on a genuine level. She's just going through the steps that she thinks will get him. And she can't fake it. She can only Mm -hmm. fake it for so long. She get this happens to her over and over again. She's like, she thinks she's got Bray figured out. She says the right thing. To snag his attention and make him think And then the minute she's caught off guard Her true nature comes out And Bray's like, oh, you disgust me And she- <laughs> him, you know And then she'll try mm-hmm. to come back Like, she has a chance to think it over And she's just like, okay, okay And then it's like she's playing a video game Where she has to do the stage over and over again
0: <laughs> Yeah
2: Like, oh, don't jump on the turtle's head this time <laughs> You know, and so she'll come back And make poor Bray's head spin
0: Like Hmm. Yeah I was just gonna say it is like a video game It's like she's playing Sims And she's just trying to woo Woo that character into marrying her
2: And I don't even Ebony knows why she wants Bray She just does I
3: I think one of the reasons he might just Want Bray even more now Is because he's seen that Bray's the good good guy who'll take care of you Even if he doesn't want to be
2: with you He'll take care of you I'm not even sure she wants that from him She can't stand Bray's good-doing nature. That's the thing. I don't even think Ebony likes Bray as a person.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Everything about him, she criticizes. Like, ugh, you disgust me. (laughs) He's the prize to be won. That's all he is to her. It's just a matter of, (sighs) I want that. And it's like, Ebony, why? You don't (laughs) even like that. You
0: you know what it is? Because Bray is
2: a trophy wife.
0: It's the same reason why Zandra wants to be with Lex.
2: But Sandra at reason. least likes Lex. Mm-hmm. She's able to fool herself into thinking he's exactly what she wants. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't like hate him and say every, you know, constantly criticize everything about him like, "Ugh, <laughs> I don't get it." It's funny.
0: Or maybe, you know, maybe it's it's just that that age-old saying of, you know, you just want what you can't have. And if and if a, a relationship would have happened, Between Bray and Amber In the later seasons Maybe it wouldn't have lasted Because you know They're just so incompatible But just the fact that Ebony can't have it I think that's why she wants it
2: I do think there's some truth to that um, Because I think Ebony equates Having something she wants With winning And winning has everything to do with herself And so Having Bray Is winning Bray And winning makes her feel better about herself. So not having Bray, like when she doesn't want Bray, like of her own volition, doesn't matter. It's fine. Whatever he's doing, she doesn't give a crap. And she can be wishy-washy on that. She might want him this minute. Mm -hmm. Five minutes later, she's just like, I don't want this guy. Mm -hmm. But once she decides she wants him for whatever reason, just for the sake of having him, she will do anything to get him because it... Her entire being depends on winning and having this, like achieving this goal, whatever this goal is. Um, I think that's also why she's, it's so easy for her to just like drop the facade after she wins because she got it and now she doesn't freaking care.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm watching her and I'm watching her by the pool and the minute she starts talking to him about how she's changed and stuff, I was like, because I had the, um, you know, hindsight. I'd seen the flashbacks and I've seen season two, all that stuff like that. I was like, my gosh, this is just another performance. She's just performing in a way that she thinks will win him over to her side, and uh, get. And he, you can see, he's thinking about it. Like, has she changed? Blah, 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 all that stuff. You know, she admits to wrongdoing. You know, um, which is a really smart way. Of uh, getting someone on your side by saying I was wrong, I hurt you. I'm sorry for that. Um, and and then the minute he catches her off guard by asking about Lex, the way she really feels comes out. She wasn't prepared for that, you know. And then she really is. He storms out like you haven't changed. You can see the look on her face like crap. I screwed the script, and and she has to think about it. Like okay, how do I fix that? And when she approaches them again, you can see she's rehearsed. You know mm-hmm. how to. You know recolor reframe what she did with Lex You know like look Bray I, You know what I mean like, Just little performance To, to get him and It's like Ebony you don't even like him Let it go He's everything you hate in people Except <laughs> he's pretty like let it go Yeah but she's
3: decided She does not like Amber And Amber wants him And she wants to steal Her toy
2: And you know what's interesting? At this point, she doesn't realize just how attached Bray and Amber are. Mm -hmm. Like at this point, it's kind of like when she saw Bray and Trudy flirting, and her brain immediately just needed to win over this girl she barely knows. She didn't Mm -hmm. know Trudy. But it was just like, I'm going to take that from her just to prove I can for my own self worth, because that makes me feel good to win. And I feel like that's the same thing she's doing with Bray right now. She saw he and Amber together, she doesn't like Amber. And she's like, I'm just going to take that because I don't like her and I love winning. (laughs) And because, look, you'll see in a couple episodes how she reacts when it's not working. It fuels a hatred of Amber. Mm -hmm. A a hatred she hasn't shown yet. She's she's had annoyance for Amber, but it will turn to hatred because she couldn't win. (laughs) Oh, she needs to go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, that's what you do with the competition. (laughs) Yes, she does. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely (laughs) because you must win at all costs Mm -hmm. you know the method does not matter and um I'm like Ebony are you even do you even want to be with Bray like right now or it's just a matter of someone else is with him
3: yeah she doesn't want to share him she saw him once so now he's hers
2: only when she's interested only when she wants him because she'll cast him off in a second when she isn't interested
3: yeah but come on toddlers do the same thing they see a toy they decide it's theirs. Even if they don't want to play with it, but oh, for you if you dare touch it.
2: <laughs> and while I do believe at some point Ebony's feelings for Bray have been genuine, I think they're toxic and broken and completely unhealthy, but I do think they, they are, there's a genuine place they're coming from. I do feel like they're usually just triggered when Bray is happily with somebody else or you know on the road to being with someone else. That seems to trigger her attachment to wanting to be with mm-hmm. Bray. And it started all the way from Trudy, and then, you know, she didn't want him anymore, and that was that. And then she sees him with Amber, and this is the first time she's discussed wanting to be with him out of the blue. Like, what the—he's been single all this time, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? If you really want to be with him, why didn't you make a play? It's only because she saw him with Amber. You know, she'll do the same thing when she sees him with Danny. Suddenly she decides she wants him, you know, mm-hmm. um, and just on and on and on. And um, so— it's just an interesting look into her psychology, what was taught to her. Kind of makes me wonder about what role models she had growing up. Her daddy failed her. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That's
2: all I can say. <laughs> when you meet her sisters, I'm like, oh, they daddy was bad. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You know, obviously we don't know that for a fact, but it does seem like she has some daddy issues.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> all three girls. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody taught them the wrong men to love <laughs> <laughs> and the wrong way to act and chasing love in all the wrong ways because daddy weren't there. Daddy didn't love him.
0: <laughs> you know, what? It's, it's pretty funny. I, I always felt that Ebony didn't have a father figure growing up. And in the movie she always watched growing up was Scarface. So that just totally describes her personality. (laughs) (laughs) That was her father figure, Uh (laughs) Scarface.
3: (laughs) So, what if Ebony had taken Brady instead? Would you just leave her there? That's not the same, isn't it? You've got the person you love most in the world right here with you. Mine's being held prisoner. Don't tell me there's something wrong about trying to get him back.
1: Okay, let's return to the mall, because when Amber has a go at Celine for using her food rations to cheer up the kids by playing games with poor Bob and Porky, Trudy confronts her about her actions and the absurdity of the original rescue plan. However, Amber hits back by telling her that she'd do the same if it were Brady, who'd been taken, and that there's nothing wrong with wanting to get a loved one back. Yeah, panel, um, what did you make of the arguments that the two are making?
2: Okay, Amber, I understand what you're saying. I understand how much Bray means to you, and that you want him back. I get that. Um, comparing what's going on with him to Brady being missing—just mm-hmm. um, shove that noise. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not mm-hmm. equatable. They are not the same at all. Um, for one, Bray can walk. Okay, <laughs> he can walk out of trouble. <laughs> I don't even know why she compared those two. I felt like that felt like a cheap shot. You know what I mean? Like. She knows she's losing the argument and so she's deflecting her behavior. (laughs) And Trudy's right. That is not the same thing. Okay. No, what's
3: the worst part about her saying that specific thing is that when Brady is gone, people don't allow Trudy to behave
2: the way Amber's doing now. Oh, we will get to that in a future. But yeah, I just... um, I I get it. I get it. Yes. There's nothing wrong with Amber wanting the one person she loves in the world back. Especially when she doesn't know if any harm is coming to him. And in this broken world, he may be all there is. There isn't anything wrong with that. But she's deflecting from her behavior. This is not about... Trudy isn't having a go at Amber because she's sad and wants Bray back. She's calling her out Mm -hmm. on how she is treating everybody. And Amber is deflecting from that. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I get it, Amber, but that's not what this argument about was about. This was about you screaming at Celine, who was trying to be productive and help the kids. And you're only screaming at her because you're upset, not because she had done anything wrong, which you have a habit of doing sometimes, darling. Anyway, <laughs> so um, this is, to me, I'm totally team Trudy in this argument. And I'm just like, Amber, get that noise out of here. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I, I can't stand that kind of deflection Because Trudy's left feeling like Are those the same thing? Would I And it's like no sweetie She just bum rushed you with broken logic mm-hmm. It's not the same thing You were right to call her out I mean I'm not mad at Amber But I'm just like oh I recognize that stuff mm-hmm. I recognize that human tactic I just screamed at somebody else But I'm truly the victim here
0: So how long have Bray and Amber been dating. It's been like a <laughs> week, right?
2: <laughs> I'd give it yeah. three days. I'm trying.
0: Three, right. days. three four <laughs>
1: days. Two weeks in Tribe World. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I was gonna say, is that on the on the list scale
2: of what we've seen, or <laughs> the Tribe World <laughs> oh, I mean, scale of how long they what we've seen? It's been about. It's been. Less than a solid week that they've actually been a couple But given the way time Feels in a world like this Yeah, it, it, they've been this is, this is a long time coming For These ages are, For ages, man So I'm not even saying there's anything wrong With her feelings or how deep they are You know, her and Bray have liked each other From the moment they met, it just took them a long time To get together
3: mm-hmm.
0: Well, being a Ebony and Bray fan <laughs> I would just tell Amber to go sit down, go read a book, because Ebony is getting to work on Bray. And what (laughs) Ebony wants, Ebony gets. (laughs) Amber doesn't really realize that yet.
3: Uh, Yeah, I, I love seeing Trudy go off at Amber. I can't
2: help myself. <laughs> I, I feel bad for Celine because as I was saying earlier, yeah. thing I like about this episode is that basically our three leaders are at a commission. You know, we have the voice of reason who's Amber. We have our provisions hero. That's Bray. We have our security and strength. That's Lex. And neither of them are, none of them are really like Amber. She's off duty. Okay. She's off the clock right now. Mm-hmm. And, so in this episode, we get to see other characters filling that void. You get to see Dal and Ryan strategizing. Um, um, you get to even see Jack is being nice to people who are just trying to help him and he's not doing his usual sniping or his usual defensiveness at their suggestions. He's even wearing a crystal Tyson gave him. He's in a good he's trying really mm-hmm. hard. Day to work with these people. You know, he's wearing the crystal, you know, like, thanks, Tyson. This is awesome. I really appreciate your help, you know. Um, It's nice to see Trudy and both Celine stepping up to the plate and running things in the mall and being the sensible ones. Um, So when Amber shoots Celine down, who Celine came up with a great idea to solve a problem with the children, you know, keep, you know, Casey in the mall instead of running off so he can go gamble somewhere and just cut this argument at the pass. And Amber just like shouts her down and you see Celine's face fall, which we already know Celine has the worst Mm self-esteem ever. I was just, it just really uh, hurt my stomach because I'm like, Amber, she wasn't doing anything wrong. She was doing, she was doing your job. (laughs) And I, so I just, that bugged me because I'm like, I don't think these characters are going to get the credit for holding stuff together while their three leaders weren't, in the position to do it, and I would have loved to see more of these characters being able to do this. Yeah. So yeah, that just that bugged me a lot because I'm like, this is the sort of thing Amber would have done to solve a problem. But mm-hmm. Celine does it in her own unique way. And just I'm like, ah, and especially knowing Celine's past with being emotionally and verbally abused. I'm just like, I kind of want to push Amber down the stairs. <laughs> Like, Amber, you you can't just treat people any way you want when you're upset. It's not okay. I don't care how upset you are. This is inexcusable behavior. Stop it. Especially since you won't apologize for it. Even Trudy apologized. Mm -hmm. And Amber never acknowledged, hey, you guys, when I was going through a really bad time, I treated you like crap and I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Because Amber doesn't apologize.
0: (laughs) Nope. She doesn't apologize.
2: She doesn't apologize. It takes a lot to hear a sorry from Amber.
0: She didn't apologize when she took Bray from Trudy. Oh no, <laughs> no. she didn't apologize. <laughs> no, too, Carly, like, just no, stop. She took Jay from Trudy. Oh my god.
3: Thank you, Carlin. No, no, we are not
1: doing that again. Hey
2: <laughs> at, at least I didn't say it this time. Bring up her actual crimes, Carlin.
1: <laughs>
2: not
3: the <this> soap <laughs> no proper
2: crime. She never apologizes later on for vanishing. Yeah, like that's a real crime. She never apologizes to Bray for what she put him through simply because she believed a lie about him. Heck, She never properly apologizes to Del about that. Not really. She never really properly apologizes. Hey, friend, (laughs) sorry (laughs) I let you think I was dead.
0: You know, um,
2: yeah, she doesn't really, Amber's not big on apologies.
0: (laughs) She's not. I just watched that episode, and the first thing she said to Del was, Oh hey how's it been (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. But yeah like She makes up for the things she does But it's not usually an apology Remember she goes off on Patsy On Patsy's freaking birthday When she's missing her parents And her probably dead brother And does Amber ever apologize to Patsy But she ever go sweetie I'm really sorry I was in a really bad place But you didn't deserve me yelling at you like that No she's like here Give Patsy my old boyfriend's necklace (laughs) I don't make up for my treatment. (laughs) But she expects everyone else to apologize. She expects people to make peace.
3: Yeah.
2: That's what she expects. Mm. She expects them to make peace. And um, apologies don't always have to be a part of that. But I just noticed that about Amber. I'm like, she's not big on apologizing for the things that she does. And sometimes one is absolutely necessary.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Zandra,
3: why can't you understand that he needs you? He walked out on me. He told me he never loved me. And now you're telling me I have to look after him? You're his wife! Was. And why don't you make her look after him? She's the one that filled his head with all that rubbish. Yeah, walk away. It's easy, isn't it?
1: Um, yeah, we're not completely done with Amber yet, because um, with nowhere else to go, Lex makes his way back to the mall after overpowering his attackers and stealing their outfits. And Amber makes it quite clear that Zandra, as his wife, should be the one to look after him. Reluctantly, Xandra does go in to see him, and though she doesn't want to tell him at first, she does confess that she is pregnant. But yeah, first question first. Do you think Amber was in the right to tell Zan? pretty much order Zandra to look after Lex?
2: No, no, no. <laughs> Absolutely not.
3: Yeah, no. I think she saw it as the easiest way not to have to do it herself, and not to have to deal with it.
2: I don't even think that was necessary. There are plenty of people who can look after a sick person. Mm-hmm. She asked him so everybody is pre- I mean, it'd be different if Amber made the argument that um, everybody is super preoccupied and Zandra's the only one who ha- doesn't have anything to do. And she's like, Zandra, please, someone has to look after him. He's sick. Everybody else has their hands full. That's not the argument being made. The argument she's making is that it's he's your responsibility because he was you dated him. And... First of all, no, because she broke up with him. He abandoned her. They are divorced. Mm -hmm. He is no longer her responsibility. Two, in a way, she's basically telling Zandra has to go back to her toxic abuser.
1: Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. I do not agree with. Zondra has made it clear she is setting a boundary I do not want to see this person Anymore the things they did to me are Unforgivable they hurt me they caused me Pain I am setting mm-hmm. a healthy boundary I don't want anything to do with them And here's Amber going you have to And it's like excuse me Especially when you have Fleen going I'll look after him I respect The fact that my friend does not want to See her abusive mm-hmm. ex-husband I'll go take care of his sick Dying ass and I don't like that scene, it actually really makes me angry. Yeah. <laughs> because that's exactly how, you know, people often get sucked back into toxic relationships. You know, Zondra is right to say, I do not want to see this man. If you Even if you don't agree with her reaction to Lex telling her the truth, it doesn't matter. That's her personal boundary. She had a right to set it and say, I don't want to see him. This person walked out on me. You know, I don't want to be with him. He isn't her responsibility. And where do you get off saying that, Amber? Where? What are you doing, Amber? You've been storming around all day doing nothing productive. <laughs> so why don't you go take care of Lex? Sorry, I'm raising my voice. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we needed you for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> just, no, I just, no, I just, I feel like Lex and Zandra's relationship was very unhealthy. We even saw... You know, Zondra taking on his mannerisms to cope with being with him, becoming mm-hmm. just as nasty as a person as Lex can be, which is very out of character for her. And and then we saw him abandon her, you know, also he could heal himself with no regard to her, her feelings, her as a person, you know, and and just leave. Goodbye, you know, and regardless of how I feel about Zondra, falling for the lie that is Lex and getting herself into the situation. It's it's not okay to force her back into it if she does not want to be there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: She's not his wife. She says she says as much. I'm not his wife. He left me. We are as good as divorced. You know, she's taking her power back, and I just uh, it's a little too close to home. <laughs> Especially when you see her behavior once she's back in there, Zandra sort of falls into the same pattern that people do with their abusers, where they're trying to placate them. And they think of their feelings. And they try to make mm-hmm. that person feel comfortable. She falls right back into that pattern. You know. She's not able to hold on to her anger when she walks into that room. She immediately is very nice, kind, and deferential to Lex and his feelings and his comfort. And uh, yeah. I just I don't like it. Made me mad. Made me really upset. She shouldn't have been forced into that situation.
3: Oh, I absolutely agree with you, Hannah. It's just. It's not healthy. And it's very unfair of amber to do
0: that yeah i agree i have two things to say the second one's a theory but the first thing is from what we saw xandra from like the very first episode of the series uh till now or especially the first episode i always felt that she was a very nice person very um materialistic but still a very nice human being And I think just the days that she's been with Lex more and more and especially being married to him, you can kind of see that her personality changed a little bit because she wasn't always so, um, I guess, you know, barking at people like how she is with Tizan and Trudy and all these other characters. And I do believe she picked that up from being in such a toxic relationship with Lex and, um, and from what we see here now from her not wanting to have that toxicity in her in her life, kind of just shows growth in her character. And I personally believe, and here comes the theory, I personally believe that if she was in the second season, and even in the third season a little bit, I think eventually she would have grown so much as a person that she wouldn't have wanted to be with Lex at all, even with the baby. And I think she. I can see that. Yeah, and I think she would have ended up with Dale.
3: <laughs> no, I I, I I think at the end of the day, Ryan would try would have tried to help her raise that baby.
0: But but I can see that too. I think I think Ryan is such a sap <laughs> that yeah, he he would try to help that baby just just because he wants a baby. But I think she would have ended up with Dale because Xandra most of her uh, time that we've seen her on the show has been interested in the bad boy, and I think she needs the polar opposite and i think she would be down for living that simple farm life with dale
2: <laughs> i agree with the first half of your theory and <laughs> as soon as carlin starts making sense that he just flies off and jumps mm-hmm. the start. I'm,
0: like, I'm surprised most of the women on the tribe weren't throwing themselves at dale
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> is someone projecting again <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: <laughs>
0: You wanna say
3: something, Lance, we can hear it.
1: I don't know what to say about the
0: duffy. <laughs> <laughs> you agree about the Zandra and Dell thing as well? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it could have happened.
3: Wishful thinking, honey. Wishful thinking.
0: I mean, that was more likely to happen than the whole Patsy and 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 Chloe thing. <laughs> <laughs> if patsy,
3: patsy and chloe were just practicing on the safest option near them
1: yeah but um it's just, it's put it in, in the context so you think after lex she would have gone to Dow?
0: <laughs>
1: absolutely <laughs> no no <laughs>
0: so what do we see that with we kind of saw that with
1: uh
0: I want to I say Ebony. We kind of saw that with Ebony from her trying to be with, um, I guess, with Bray all this time. And Bray is not necessarily um, a, a 100% Boy Scout, right? <laughs> he's, he's a womanizer at, at heart.
2: What? what? Okay, what, where are you going? No, 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 no.
3: <laughs> you don't
0: think Bray's a womanizer? No, I
2: don't <laughs> think is a womanizer. Being attractive to a lot of females does not make him a
0: womanizer. Oh my okay. but you <laughs> think it was a no a
2: womanizer actively goes about trying to seduce women with ill intent that is not bray. he's just uh, attractive. he's just a good looking teenage boy who girls wanna Bray be has
0: gay. hooked up with at least three and, women that first season in the span of twenty days.
2: That doesn't make him a womanizer no? you can I was a serial dater. I wasn't a what do you call it a manonizer. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> gonna say it makes him a little bit Slutty but <laughs> It just means he tends to shift through his emotions very fast And a person falling in and out Of relationships quickly does not Make them a womanizer or the Female equivalent of it
3: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah I'll, I'll fight I'll die on the hill for that one uh, mm-hmm. To defend Grey Because that is a reputation he's gotten So is,
0: is Amber from. not a man Manizer No she's no.
2: not <laughs> no. <laughs>
3: <sighs> okay I think the I, only person Lex You can say about.
2: <laughs> yeah Carlin Carlin I will let Zandra have Dal If you just drop this
0: <laughs> I yeah. need to look up the definition Of womanizer And manizer Because man, I <laughs> clearly don't know what it is <laughs> yeah. Let's
1: talk about Lex And his conquests Yeah we can talk about that
0: <laughs> Oh yeah Lex is totally a womanizer
3: See <sighs> But just because Lex keeps calling Bray lover boy doesn't mean he is one.
0: Yeah. Bray is a lover boy. You see listen, all right. <laughs> I have all right, I have proof now that Bray is a womanizer. Okay. He was clearly with Danny, right? Season two. Uh-huh. And he wasn't he technically still with her season three and he just decided to go back to Amber?
2: Are you serious? Are you Nuh-uh. serious right now? <laughs> Are you no, 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 no. Oh, my gosh. That, you think that qualifies him as a womanizer? Because his partner was kidnapped by a cult and is likely dead. <laughs> and he ended up getting <clears throat> back together with his, his previous girlfriend. You think that qualifies? Who just,
0: who just knows, back from the dead? Brain knows darn well they don't kill leaders. The Chosen never killed any leaders.
2: Uh, they were gonna <laughs> burn him at the stake, yeah. Carlin. Yeah.
0: Bur- oh, that's that's Bray though. That's oh deep. my god. Okay, they you, tried, know what you tried know, tried I'm, I'm ending Bray this Somebody's acting like, like Amber.
2: <laughs> you can't keep changing the goalpost of your own argument,
0: Carlin. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Here's what I meant to say. Forget the whole Danny thing. Uh, season three, she Bray was clearly with Amber. Right? They were about to have a child together.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Wasn't Bray flirting with that Moon chick from He that was other not tribe? flirting
2: with Moon Moon was trying to convince <laughs> yeah. him To take she, her he left her, note. he left her a he note He said I wish it could have happened It was a nice way of letting her down yeah.
0: Yeah. I wish it could have happened What
2: For her sake Like I wish I could have been that guy for you
0: I'm sorry any, I can't Any man in a relationship They leave that kind of note They will be single. (laughs) Context matters.
2: (laughs) Context matters. Bray is the kind of guy who doesn't want to let anyone down. Look, it's just like when Zondra told Ryan that she couldn't be with him, okay, because she was in love with Lex. And she's telling him, You deserve a really great girl. I wish it could be me, but it's not. That's not Zondra saying, I wish I could be with you, Ryan. I wish I could be the girl for you. She's saying, You deserve someone great. I'm sorry it's not me. Because I'm already Mm -hmm. in love with someone else. That's what Bray was telling Moon. Yeah. I'm sorry. I wish I could be that guy who could take you away from this awful relationship with Pony Joe, who's clearly an abuser, but I can't be.
0: Pony Joe. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Is that his name?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh. (laughs) I forgot what he looks like. I thought you named him that because he has a ponytail. (laughs) No, that's his actual.
1: Yeah.
2: Anyway. (laughs) You're not winning this one. Nope. No,
0: sorry. I see no difference between Bray You
2: see part. Carlin, you're you're <laughs> arguing with people who have decades into this show <laughs> and who have thought about these things. So <laughs> not gonna happen, buddy.
0: <laughs> There's something I have to tell you. I wasn't
1: going to at first, but I think I should. Lex, I'm pregnant. I'm gonna have your baby. <sighs>
0: Thought
1: you i not know yeah just to finish that off uh, like what would you make of um the scenes between zandra and lex
3: i think she only told him about the baby because she
1: thought he was actually dying i was thinking about that yeah what do you think do you think she did she said it just to like as a bit of hope or do you think she just wanted to i think she, she
3: mainly said it just so he would know some part of him would be left behind and to distract him from actually being, well, dying.
2: I think so too. I think it was a kindness. Yeah. Because she immediately falls into the pattern of being considerate of Lex's feelings. Like, I can't, I don't, I don't think I would have had that kind of attitude if I went in there to deal with my crappy ex-boyfriend. You know, I, I, I'd be too angry and bitter. And making it very clear with my passive aggressiveness that I don't want to be there. Zandra is being very gracious. You know, um, she. You know Lex is like I know I look terrible And she's like oh no it's the light Because I would have been like yeah you look awful <laughs> And I don't know why they put you in my bed To infect me and in my lingerie um, Sorry <laughs> <was> so bad. <laughs> uh, it reminds me of the I feel terrible you look terrible Right I would have I Been bitter I would have wanted to give it back She's not that kind of person She doesn't give any of his toxicity back to him I do think it was a kindness You know Yeah um, it was one nice thing she could do for him. He didn't deserve it, but she was willing to give it to him anyway. And it's, again, I do think it's, yeah, she thinks she, he's going, so why can't she make it peaceful to him? She did the same thing for Glenn. You mm-hmm. know Like, why torment a dying man? There's a time when I would have thought this was really sweet. you know, like, oh, they can at least still be decent with each other, but now it just doesn't ring that way for me, because I have a better understanding of just how unhealthy this relationship was or is and how unbalanced and so it's it's just more complicated now I respect Zandra but I I don't feel like she should have to be there at all and I feel like she thinks she has to be there and like she owes him something and Mm -hmm. so that dark undercurrent kind of you know takes any of the sweetness from the scene away from me but did you notice that his makeup is letting us know he is getting better even though none of us Mm -hmm. realize yeah yeah, it does. Like he doesn't recognize it because at this point he's already accepted. It's too late. It's over. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, "Hey, he's getting better. He went from like job of the hut to just having mild eczema.
0: Hair clear- is clearing up too. <laughs> Love that wig. <laughs> 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 uh. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was um, uh, just a- a- another classic scene between uh, Zandra and Lex. Kind of makes me wonder if she knew Lex was going to be okay if she would have told him about the pregnancy. I mean, eventually she would have had to, you know, tell him, but if she wasn't forced to, in a, in a sense, I wonder if she would have oh, and I would have been crazy if she would have just died without him knowing Then Ryan would have had to tell him mm. Oh, yeah or Ryan. Ryan. Poor
2: Ryan <laughs> But would Ryan have done that?
0: I would be mad, I would be mad if I was Lex if Ryan knew and I didn't
2: well, I mean, he can be mad all he wants, but he was the one who abandoned her before she could tell him she was pregnant.
0: Mm-hmm. I understand that. I, I understand that, but that's still kind of.
2: Would Ryan yeah. have told him, though? You know what I mean? Like, think of Ryan's personality. Would he have told Black, oh, by the way? No, I don't, I, I don't think to... he would have told it
3: like that. I think Ryan would have responded in shock over that with, oh, no, and she was pregnant.
2: <laughs> yeah, he likely would have slipped. <laughs> <swept. laughs> Oh, my God.
3: <laughs> what about the baby? <laughs> I
0: think I think he wouldn't have told her just because showing Ryan's personality throughout the three seasons, he loves to, um, I guess, not be expressive and hold on to his feelings and have that kind of suppress him and then have it lash out during certain events. Uh,
3: no, I think if Lex, if she hadn't told Lex... I think when she died, Ryan would have said something that would have led to Lex knowing, and not in a vindictive
2: kind of way. Yeah, my heart's breaking just thinking about that potential tragic scene.
3: Mm -hmm. Can you imagine Ryan just going frantic that they have to go search for her because the moment before they found her?
0: I wish we could have. I wish we could have seen that, like just a proper, you know, just like a proper death scene.
3: That's actually one of the episodes I would like um, a book about
0: Yeah, it's just, you know, characters come and go on TV shows all the time for mm-hmm. whatever reason But, you know, if, if they just, they one episode and not there, like if it's just, they're just a ghost and someone just says, oh yeah, they, were, they just left mm-hmm. It drives me crazy
1: all right, let's move on to the final scenes of the episode. In an effort to make Amber hold off on doing anything reckless, Darren Ryan goes to scope out the hotel with the aid of a video camera attached to the model helicopter. Ebbing takes full advantage <laughs> of the scene and Amber is crushed by the footage that shows supposedly shows the two of them together by the pool, finally prompting Trudy to admit that Brain Amber used to have a thing. <sighs> but panel, my... <laughs> Love it. Thing Love here it. Is, like, was this all just like contrived and manufactured drama?
3: Hmm. So enjoyable.
1: <laughs> Did you enjoy it? Did you actually enjoy it?
3: Yeah, I enjoyed this. The fact that Trudy had to tell her with a oh yeah, but um <laughs> That's
2: because you can't stand her <laughs> <laughs> Yeah
3: Yeah. <laughs> that that's all it is it's you like it for the wrong reason yeah that vindictive <laughs> part of me yeah it's the vindictive part of me who likes trudy being
2: the one to tell amber oh actually they used to be an item you know uh yeah it is definitely manufactured uh, drama definitely the whole thing is the kind of misunderstanding that it's, it definitely feels contrived but i think um uh, sabine's on to something when you think about the audience this is entertaining manufactured. <laughs> you know what I mean? If I were in middle school and this was my show, oh my goodness, this would have been one of those episodes like, oh at that moment the helicopter flies over Bray and Ebony. I would have lost it. I'm like because that that is part of storytelling, you know. Um, look just watch the CW. Pick any of those shows. <laughs> This was this for its audience. This was perfect manufactured drama. The mm-hmm. audience in on it. They know Bray isn't doing anything wrong, aside from not kicking Ebony across the pool, and um, <laughs> they know it. But they also know exactly what Amber is going to insinuate from this, and they're just like, oh, oh no, oh no, oh no! It's very entertaining manufactured mm-hmm. drama. So it does what it needs to do, um. I don't know why someone decided they want to take Bray and Amber in this Shakespearean route. <laughs> 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 but uh, that's the route they're going, and they follow it strongly. There's that through line of just a tragic misunderstanding of Bray and Amber. And um, so I think the scene delivers on that. But yes, uh, Lance, this is so manufactured. It's so contrived.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, as an adult, obviously, it's kind of like... Yeah, there's lots of explanations for what could be going on, you know, but I can't say I'd be that reasonable if I was 14 and I saw that, you know, I broke up with boys so quick. You said you liked her skirt? I can't, well, who does that? Like, seriously, <laughs> I. Can't, you did it in front of other your friends. You know I can't wear blue. I have a cool undertone. Yeah. You know. <laughs> So, yeah, for the target audience, this is amazing <laughs> And, you know, it <laughs> I know I'm evil, but You're, you're not evil, <laughs> I mean, a little bit, but you're evil in the best way <laughs> It's just, there's a little bit of satisfaction
3: <laughs> After Trudy had to walk in on Bray and Amber in bed
2: That he gets to be the one to tell Amber I will say that that too. That's part of the 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 fun of it. You know, um, if you're just these characters are just for entertaining you, you know what I mean? You're not really thinking Mm -hmm. about them as people, you're just you're being entertained by them. That is an enjoyable thing, especially if let's say you don't like Amber very much, or you feel like Trudy got shafted by Amber Mm or whatever, you know, that's enjoyable watching Amber's face fall. Watching Trudy have to tell her, finding out like, oh yeah, that's right, they were in a relationship, and what you gonna do now, Amber? It's also satisfying to anybody who has been annoyed with Amber's behavior the last couple episodes.
3: We're
2: mm-hmm. just like, oh, she's driving me crazy. Yeah, she deserves this spike, you know.
3: And um, you can just see Ebony watch. And look up to that strange thing flying around (laughs) with a camera attached. And just, you know, I don't know who's watching this, but.
2: I don't think she could see the camera, but I do think they were a little cavalier about the fact that there's a drone flying over your hotel. In a time there were no drones yet. (laughs) Still, that's the thing. I'd be like, what is that? Who, where is that coming from? That would capture my attention given the world they live in. Like, what the fuck is that? Is that a remote control, like, helicopter? Who's using that? Where are they? Is, this, you know <laughs> what I mean? Is that one of my guards playing around, you know? Um, I thought they were all just a little cavalier about that. Just a little bit.
3: I, I wonder if she guessed wh- which bunch of crazies would try and take a peek at her and pray there. <laughs> I don't think that's what she thought it was. I
2: don't think she put two and two together.
1: Oh, I think she, uh, she might have done. I think she might have done. Yeah. The way She's a smart paid. cookie and... Yeah,
2: because again, you can't see the camera from that distance from where the helicopter is It's
3: quite low.
2: Yeah, but you can't see the camcorder. You're just seeing this gigantic, like remote control, you know, helicopter. Like, why is that over there? I mean, granted. I would give her credit for assuming someone might be spying on her, possibly.
1: Yeah, but um, Ebony's smart. I think she she worked out that someone was spying because the way she then suddenly mm-hmm. pulled back into Bray and massaged him even more, was like she knew there was someone was spying. She, she might not have known exactly how. The work, how it was attached, but yeah, she she's smart. She yeah. she knew.
0: She, she knew. I'll, I'll, settle, I'll settle the argument when she saw that for pure entertainment purposes only. When she saw that helicopter, immediately she knew that was amber and immediately <laughs> she looked up at the helicopter and she said i read her lips too i read her lips she said i got your man <laughs> <laughs> he his shoulders
1: yeah she knew someone was watching
0: <laughs> i don't agree with you
2: guys but I'm, you, you can have this i, got
3: I think she's smart enough to know that i mean which people in this City are smart enough yeah. To pull off weird stuff with, with gadgets and you know
2: I don't think that's the case But I don't have a strong enough argument Against it so You can have it
0: <laughs> I love this scene I absolutely love it I love anything the tribe Does that ships the idea Of Bray and Amber Or excuse me Bray and Ebony <laughs> Together <laughs>
2: It's recorded now. <laughs> I do like the way it's shot. I mean, granted, again, the whole scene is very dramatic. Um mm-hmm. with the and and I have to keep reminding myself that Dal and Ryan actually are in danger. You know? Mm-hmm. Every time I felt like this is really dramatic, I'm like, wait a second, they're killing people in the streets. They're stoning kids. This is really dangerous on the bay out here, you know, um, doing this in the first place. So uh, they have every right to be kind of freaking out a little bit about it. And the fact that they're just doing this to keep their friend from going off the handle with worry for her boyfriend. And I I, I like the way it was all orchestrated really well. You know, Mm -hmm. And I like how finally the guards see them out there because it's like, dude, they're right in front of you. (laughs) (laughs) They're right in front of you with this helicopter. You didn't hear them launch this thing. Um, They finally come out and do their jobs and Ryan busts them up because he's my boy. (laughs) I do like the way that was all handled. Um and uh I I, I as, as for a contrived misunderstanding, I think it works, even if I'm like don't always have the patience for these kind of misunderstandings.
1: <laughs> Just to touch on what you said earlier, Liz, like do you think Bray should have immediately kicked Ebony across the pool? <laughs> like Of course not.
2: <laughs> I thought about it. I was like Bray if you really didn't want her on your back you could launch her across the pool area she's the size of an M&M compared to you but um, I also like it made me think of why Bray hasn't really tried to escape either you know what I mean he's just waiting Ebony out because their dynamic you know what I mean is really weird these are some weird exes and I mean Bray could have totally tried to fight his way out Easily, he's not being chained up, you know, these Mm -hmm. guards are incompetent You know, we know Bray can throw a punch if he really feels like it's necessary Why not leave, especially after he knows that um, Lex is gone Like, I can understand him staying because Lex was there and just feeling like a responsibility to his tribe mate, fine But when he knows Lex is gone, his reaction to being angry at Ebony is to go lay poolside Um, I thought that was a little (laughs) weird Um, but I kind of just feel like he's waiting her out. So when she climbs on his back, as annoyed as he is, he wouldn't physically harm her. Even though, like, again, if you really don't want her on your back, just throw her off. Like, I, she can't hold you down, Bray. <laughs> She's 85 pounds soaking wet. Um, but, uh, yeah, I get why he wouldn't. He doesn't mm-hmm. know what this might look like to somebody else. Like realistically, Bray does not know that any minute his girlfriend's going to be spying on him and misconstrue this whole situation. So he's not going to want to. He, he's not thinking like, oh, I have to get her off me before I get caught with her. You know,
3: I wouldn't be surprised if he just let her do that, um, just so he knew what she was up to, where she was. You know, if she's jumping on him close to the pool, then at least he isn't threatening the mole rats.
2: What if he was just like, he's putting up a token resistance, but he always loved her back rubs?
0: Mm-hmm. That's what I was just about to say.
2: <laughs> Y'all
0: are missing the point of that. He, I think there is a side of Bray that does like Ebony.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: There chemistry is. Is there, but, I don't
2: doubt for a second, Carlin, that Bray is still very attracted to Ebony. Absolutely. She did get her hooks into him. But he has to remind himself all the time that she's a terrible person, which is why she's able to sometimes trick him. Because Isn't he she wants though? Yeah, she tricks him a lot. She's constantly tricking him mm-hmm. because he wants to believe that she really is the sweet, gorgeous girl he met back in school. You know? He wants to believe that. And so she is able to trick him. She gets better and better and better at it. Where just he'll be telling other people, You don't understand, Ebony's changed. <laughs>
0: Well, she wouldn't be choking him if if he would just be a man and just be with her.
2: But he doesn't want to (laughs) be with her because he doesn't approve of who she actually is. That's That's their issue. That's always been their issue. You know, from the moment they met, Bray met this girl. He liked her. He was attracted to her. He thought she was really sweet. She was looking out for his brother. Thank you so much. He fell for her, you know, and then she showed her true colors. And he was like, holy crap, you're kind of a garbage person I'm out of yeah. here you And know, Bray, doesn't, he, Bray doesn't Bray doesn't like crazy Yeah, you know and It doesn't mean that he wasn't okay. continually <laughs> attracted to her But he, he doesn't act on basic Just basic attraction He knows she's a terrible person You know, and that's enough for him to keep his guard But He wants her to be a great person And if Ebony had been able to keep up the act Who knows, she might have won him back Maybe but she's never been able to keep up the act. Her true colors always come out. And Bray's like, ugh. As soon as I thought you were, you know, better than that. Well,
0: you know, why I love this Bray and Ebony dynamic throughout this entire first season. It really reminds me of Batman and Catwoman. If anyone's, like, familiar with those. Absolutely. Those <laughs> it's just, like, this strong pull of just good and evil and both and both people have something in between. They can both have evil and good in them as well, but one of them is just trying to. It's like a tug of war. They're trying to pull each other towards the other side of, you know, of who they are. Yeah, an ever-going struggle.
2: That is a really good analogy. I'm on board with that one. That now that's a version of Batman that I
3: would watch. One with Meryl <laughs> as Catwoman.
2: <laughs> it's like Ebony is 20% good, 80% evil. And mm-hmm. Bray is 20% evil, 80% good. And she is always trying to tug at that 20% evil in him. Like, come on, dude, get over here. And it is tempting because again, mm-hmm. he's sexually attracted to her. You know, there is something about Ebony that he likes. And, um, and weirdly enough, they do work together well sometimes. And of course, Bray's always tugging on her 20% good. Like, come on, get over here. You could be so productive. <laughs> I really like that analogy. That was good, Carlin.
0: I'll make one of of Zandra and Dale next episode.
2: (laughs) I I look forward to you trying to convince me of that one. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: On that note, that brings episode 49 to a close. Thank you very much to the panel. And we're on the last couple of episodes before the finale. Um, So until then, bye. Bye. Later days. Bye.